What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host. They're in charge. They're at the wheel and they are the ones steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life through this storm. But like I always say, like I always say, you put your trust in God and Jesus Christ and they will, they will steer this ship through these crazy waters and get you into a safe harbor where it's calm where you can anchor and get yourself on solid, dry land, get your footing, and finally have peace. So welcome. Glad to have you here at His Heart Line with another episode of 1% with Him. We're going to be doing a reading out of the Book of Romans, Chapter 10 today. We're going to be blasting through the Book of Romans. And then I think, I'm not sure if I want to go to Isaiah or maybe do one more short book in the test, New Testament and then go to Isaiah. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. But a few things I wanted to go over before we do a reading. So <laughs> I tell you it. So yesterday I was scrolling through Telegram and um, Donna Brandenburg, who is running for governor here in Michigan, she uh, she re uh, she forwarded this on her page and I forwarded it, of course. And uh, I tell you, it's so part of the post. It says wisdom from the murdering left. And then it says in quotes, can't afford gas, have an abortion End quote. Let's find out who said this. Despicable, despicable comment. I'll give you a guess. It's somebody who thinks they're the governor of Georgia. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. But oh, what just happened? It just happened to stop. Hold on. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, 
food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are it's, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. But Oh, I guess maybe that was the whole thing. I don't know. It, it, maybe not. I don't know. It's weird. It's like the the clip. I know the clip goes longer. Um, but basically what she ends up saying, see, and I'm telling you, there's somebody on the other side of this that's trying to prevent this information from getting out. But what she ends up basically saying, and this is Stacey, Stacey Abrams, by the way, who who still thinks she's governor because, you know, she clearly never conceded, um, you know, when Brian Kemp right. You know, well, I don't even know if he rightfully won the election either because everything's so freaking rigged. But anyways, but she basically says, if you can't afford gas, you know, and you're, you know, basically get an abortion if you're pregnant. I mean, that's, that's, that's flat out sick. It's putting money ahead of human life. And quite frankly, you know, only someone that's a Satanist and a Luciferian would ever say such a thing. When you are idolizing money and you put money ahead of a baby, an innocent, voiceless, defenseless baby, you got something wrong in your soul, big time. I mean, I just don't even have any words for that. The fact that she would say that if you can't afford gas and you're pregnant, go get an abortion. Because the reason we are all feeling the pinch, I mean, this is basically what she said. When you're feeling the pinch economically and in your pockets, you know, the, it's the whole reason that the reason that we're we're, we're dealing with the, an, an economic pinch is because you're worrying about buying food for your kids. You're worrying about carting them around to school into this place, into that place. You know, you are feeling it because you have kids. So the re so basically what she's saying is if you're feeling broke and you're feeling the squeeze, it's because of your kids. So in other words, to, to soon to be moms and dads, go abort your baby. Go abort your baby. That's what they're basically saying. It's sick. It's sick and it's demonic. And before I even go further in this conversation, I am going to invoke the name of Jesus Christ because this is a very serious situation. It's a very, very serious conversation too. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that we have protection from you and your Heavenly Father, to protect this show so we can get this truth out here because this has to stop. We cannot have any more defenseless little ones in the womb who have no defense. We can't allow this to go on anymore. I want to play one more thing here. I'm going to play it again in the next show. In fact, I'm going to keep playing it, by the way, um, not ad nauseum, but I am going to play it um, somewhat periodically here, maybe every other show. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it because I obviously don't want to bore you. I'm probably going to play it in the beginning now. I think going forward, what I might do is play it toward the end of the show or maybe the beginning of the show and then lead into the introduction music, just to allow people to, you know, join in, um, join the uh, show, you know, live. Um, but I, I want to play this. Now, this is particularly more for Michigan, but I'm sure there's other states that might be in the same boat. 
So we have this thing when November 8th rolls around and we all cast our ballots for our de facto vote. We have three different things that um, three different proposals that we have to choose that we're that we got to vote on. Proposal one increases term limits here in Michigan. Definitely don't want that. Proposal two destroys honest elections. And then, of course, proposal three destroys parental rights, including allowing someone else to sterilize their own, you know, sterilize children. So let's I want to play this real quick. It's a it's about about little about a little under five minutes. It's a it's a pretty lengthy commercial that's being circulated in Michigan. But it's so interesting because. Donna, you know, posted this on her page as well. And it says, never have any regrets or have to say, I didn't know. The information is out there just like it was with the experimental quote, unquote, vaccine, a.k.a. gene modifier. The proposals are misleading and amount to a power grab for the state and destruction of human rights and life of the people of Michigan. And yes, zero in Michigan, you answered properly for every single proposal. No, no, and yes, definitely no, especially on three, but all three. Listen to this. How? How? How is that possible? You're only 14. Your doctor didn't even tell me. My teacher said they wouldn't have to anymore since Prop 3 passed. I didn't know. I just don't understand why my son wants to sterilize himself and there's nothing I can do about it. What do you mean there's nothing you can do? He's only 10 and you're his mother. Prop 3 passed and gave every individual the right to effectuate decisions about sterilization. His teacher told him that if he wants to transition, he can do this. There's nothing I can do. If he decides to go through with it, it's his choice. I didn't know. Thanks very much for coming in. Look in all the tests. Everything's going fine. Baby is very, very healthy. But I need to ask you before we go any further, are you sure this child is not going to cause you any mental health issues? Fear, anxiety, stress? I mean, it's my fourth kid, so probably. <laughs> well, if you feel that way, we can terminate this pregnancy for you. How is that possible? Well, now the Proposition 3 has passed, you know you have the right to terminate this pregnancy up to the time of a birth. Really? Yes, if it would be advisable for the protection of your mental health. I didn't know. You are the county prosecutor. My 15-year-old granddaughter is dead, and you tell me you can't do anything to the person who killed her? I understand your frustration, but since Proposition 3 passed, the state shall not penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against someone for aiding or assisting a pregnant individual in exercising their right to reproductive freedom with their voluntary consent. 
There's just nothing I can do. I didn't know. Hey, babe, how was your day? What's wrong? I, um... I had to perform an abortion today. What? How, how is that even possible? You work for a Catholic hospital. And, um, Prop 3 passed and gave the mother the right to make and, um, uh, effectuate all abortion and postpartum care decisions. And, um, she chose us and we had to comply. I had to comply. It was her right. So. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I would have quit my job. I didn't know. Michigan, Proposition 3 is dangerous for parental rights, religious liberties, our children, the unborn, the newly born, the preyed upon, and the abused. It's permanent and goes way beyond Roe. Proposition 3 is dangerous for our state, for our culture, and for our society. This November 8th, vote no to protect human life in all its forms. Vote no to protect the vulnerable. Vote no to protect parental rights, religious liberties, and medical and prosecutorial rights. Choose to give your child a Michigan and a future they deserve. On November 9th, don't wake up saying, I didn't know. Choose to vote no on Prop 3, because now you know. That's right. That's right, now you know. In the words of Biggie Smalls, if you don't know, now you know. Ignorance, as Destry always says, for those of you that don't know Destry, if you're new to the show, Destry Payne, he has been a long-standing member of the National Assembly. He's helped situate Michigan General General Assembly, moved up to Alaska, did the same thing up Alaska, got it assembled, got it settled. The guy led the way with two different states. He's, he's lived the experience. So he's not full of talk. He's also full of the walk. And he has a very interesting saying, and I absolutely love it, but depending on if somebody's a snowflake and they take things the wrong way and they melt down instantly... They get all bent out of shape when they hear this. Ignorance is unbecoming. Ignorance is unbecoming. And that can rub the wrong person definitely the wrong way. But it's very true. It's very true. Ignorance is unbecoming. Just as ignorance can be bliss. You can't sit there and say, I didn't know. Or if you were following orders in a hospital that was pushing Rendesivir and 
the ventilators that were definitely slowly suffocating and killing people during the height of COVID. When it comes time for trials and the contempt of the Constitution is, well, it's already enacted as law, but when the contempt of the Constitution actually gets pushed forward here with these trials for people that committed crimes against humanity, I'm going to tell you right now, and this goes for nurses, doctors, anybody, anybody in government, and not just about the vaccines, but any type of crime. You you can't sit there and say, I was just following orders, because that is a Nazi answer. That is a Nazi answer, and you know what happened to Nazis when they got caught What's going to happen in this nation, and I promise I won't make this too long-winded because we're almost you know, 17 minutes into the show, and I'd like to get to the reading because we have a his hard line discussion afterwards. But I'm just going to say this. I cannot say I didn't know because you knew. You knew what these shots would do. And you, if you chose to not take these shots, but yet you still administered them and coerced people to take them because of the sake of keeping your job, I'm just going to say, just like the Bible says, what profits a man for he gains the whole world but loses his soul. You're going to have a lot of answering to do for anybody out there that commits these crimes against humanity, pedophilia. Treasonous, seditious people, you got a lot to answer for. And let me tell you something. The military, the good military, can only do so many tribunals. And yes, they are taking place. However, there's only so many of them and so little space to do these tribunals down in Guantanamo. This is one of the reasons why we must get our assemblies in all 2,000 plus counties across the nation. Because when you have your petite grand juries in every county situated and assembled and settled, you now can conduct many, many trials across the nation using many grand juries. And that is when you're going to see the hundred and some odd thousand sealed indictments get unsealed. But right now, the military cannot, can absolutely not handle all that. They don't have the capacity to handle that. That's why we the people, that's why it's so urgent and so vital, so important. We get our 38 plus states and then continue to work on all our counties. Because when we get our all of our counties and all of our states, not only do we get our power back, but then we can truly hold these criminals to accountability. Why do you think I push this so hard? A lot of people hear about this, and there's some people that would say, that sounds almost too good to be true, Jason. You know, we've heard so many things from Charlie Ward. We've heard so many things from, you know, this person and that person and that woman and this, you know, guy. We heard so many date setting. We've heard this. We heard this was going to happen. We keep hearing trust the plan. We keep hearing that this is going to take place. 
don't you see what they're doing? And I listened to a playback of a previous show, and I never did finish this point because I got sidetracked. What I was going to say is, and I won't spend too long on this, but again, I was trying to pose a question for thought, you know, to provoke thought. All the people that got nuked, or most of them, maybe not everybody, but everybody that got nuked, what if off of YouTube, that is, off of YouTube, right, and, and, and other platforms, now think about this for a second. What if to get the into the minds and into the persuasion of all the Trumpers and all the conservatives, what if a lot of these people that supposedly got quote unquote nuked off of YouTube and all these other platforms, what if that was a a mass a plan that was put together by these elite because remember the the Vatican uses agents undercover and if you read their blood oath you would understand that they would stop at nothing and they don't discriminate they would do anything and disguise as anything truly wolves in sheep clothing so what if these people that supposedly got nuked off YouTube it was a coordinated effort to make it look like they're the victims and they go start their platform. So two things are happening. One, they're starting platforms and they're looking like they are the martyrs of the truth or community. And so they start their own platforms and other, you know, independent areas. They get these huge followings. So two things are happening. One, they are profiting off of this huge following because these people, whoa, they must be solid. They got nuked off YouTube. So now they're profiting, but now they got your attention. They got your ears, they got your mind, they got your heart, and now they're putting out 80% truth, yes, but again, to put what? 20% web of lies, to muddy the waters, to make it confusing, to bring you, like Scott said, he and I don't think Scott's one of these, and from Bards FM, let me be clear, there's two Scots out there. The one from Bards FM, I don't think he's one of them. My discernment tells me he's a good guy. There's some things I don't agree with him on, but my discernment tells me he's solid. I wish he would have Donna Brandenburg on and Destry Payne, but that's a different story for a different day. I don't think he's one of them or X-22. However, I do think the lion's share of them, though, are. And there's reasons for each one that I've stopped listening to. But think about it. What if there was that coordinated effort where a lot of these people got quote-unquote nuked off of YouTube, so now they got the hearts and minds of the conservatives and the Trump, you know, the MAGA people, basically. And then they take you through this emotional roller coaster, like Scott always says, up and down, up and down, up and down. Here's a date. Date comes, it goes. Crap. Up and down, up and down. People start losing hope. People start losing faith. People start losing faith in the plan. Is there a plan? Yes, but it's God's plan. Let's, let's be clear. It's God's plan. Are there white hats in control? Absolutely, they're in control. However, the kind of control that they have isn't what most people think is going to happen. Is Trump going to come back in 2024? No. I hate to break it to all you MAGA people. And yes, I fly a Trump flag. And yes, I voted for Trump not once but twice. Yes, I'm a Trump supporter. Is he coming? Is he going to come back in 2024? Hate to break all your hearts. No, he's not. There's information I know and 
why that is, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Again, not trying to make this a political talk show because I'm not political because I've learned that politics are used just like religion to divide us. We are Americans, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care if you believe in transsexuality and gender flipping yourself if you're above the age of 18, or if you're a diehard conservative who thinks all transgender people are bigots or, 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 or sick, twisted freaks. It doesn't matter what your thoughts are because everybody has their thoughts. Everybody has their opinions. But here's the thing that I, I ask everybody. Are you an American who believes in individual freedom and independence and liberty for you to choose what you want to choose? I'm not saying I will agree with your choice, but what I am saying is I will defend your right to have that ability to have that choice. Because at the end of the day, I am not your judge. God is your judge. I may not condone your choice, but that's not for me to judge. That's the only question I pose. We are Americans, and we deserve to live our life free with freedom and liberty. But we need to make sure we put God at the center of all that we do. It's very important. So anyway, let's get into the reading, and then we're going to come back here, get into a little bit further discussion on the His Hardline um, discussion. So chapter 10 in Romans, New American Standard Bible, and it reads, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry about that, did not mean to cough in all of your ears. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes of the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who performs them will live by them. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will go up into heaven, that is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes results in resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between, between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Did I read this yesterday? I am super confused. No, I didn't. I didn't. Chapter nine. I am so sorry. I swear. It seems like these chapters seem to parrot each other. So picking up on verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, how then are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to fear without a preacher? But how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But I say, surely they have never heard, have they? On the contrary, 
Their voice has gone out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? For Moses says, I will make you jealous with those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, I have spread out my hands all day long to the a disobedient and an obstinate people. And that is Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. So, what does chapter 10 tell us? So, the prior passage concluded with Paul's declaration that his people, Israel, had tried to become righteous before God in the wrong way by relying on their attempts to keep the law. And they had refused to come to God by faith in Christ. And Paul quoted Isaiah to show that Christ was the stumbling stone for Israel. But, but, that all who believed in him will not be put to shame. Now, Romans 10 begins with Paul's heartfelt confession that he prays for Israel to be saved. And he's eager for each of his Jewish brothers and sisters to believe in Christ. Just as I am here at His Heart Line, because this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because I am eager myself to bring more people to Christ. Because it is a great feeling when that transformation takes place within you and you start seeing the positive, um, what do I want to say, benefits that occur from that transformation. So he praises them from, for their enthusiasm for God. And though they are ignorant, there's that word again, though they are ignorant of how to reach God's righteousness through faith in Christ. But instead, the Israelites continue to try to be declared righteous by God for their religious law-keeping. Despite how they continue to break that law. And they continue to wait for the truth they already know to come down from heaven or up from the abyss when Jesus Christ has already done both of these things. But Paul repeatedly references the Old Testament scriptures, both directly and as an analogy, to make his bottom line case about what is required to be saved. Like it says in verse 9 and 10, which are likely the most quoted verses for this chapter, if you confess with your mouth, mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is, what? Saved. Paul spells out that this opportunity to be saved by faith in Jesus is available to everyone. To everyone. And with no distinction between Jews and Gentiles. That's a beautiful thing. The Lord is the Lord of all people. And he gives good gifts to all who call on him. Everyone who calls on him will be saved. This is why I was saying earlier with regards to the assembly. The assembly, which let's face it, is the assembly of God. Because we start all of our assembly meetings with an opening prayer and a closing prayer. The assembly is centered around God. This is an assembly of God. That's why it's not a, a matter of left. It's not a matter of right. It's not a matter of conservative. It's not a matter of liberal. We are Americans. We are God's people. There's no division in the assembly. Only unity. So next, Paul shows how necessary it is for him to continue preaching this gospel. And so regardless of the objections of those who oppose him, if people must call on the name of Jesus to be saved, they must first believe in him, right? But before they can believe, they must hear about him. 
And so in order to hear, someone must preach to them. And before a representative of Christ can preach, he must be sent. So still, not all have obeyed the gospel. That is, many people, especially Jewish people, have not believed in Christ, though they have heard the word of Christ. Why is this? Is it because they haven't really heard the good news? You see, Paul rejects the idea with a quote from Psalm 19, and he insists that the gospel of Jesus is reaching the ends of the world. So if they have heard, then they did not understand, right? I mean, did the Jewish people truly never comprehend that God intended to welcome all who come to him by faith? I mean, Paul quotes from Moses to show that they should have heard God's own words, that he would one day make Israel jealous of those who are not nations. And then Paul references God's words in Isaiah 65 that he would be found by those who did not look for him, describing what was happening with the Gentile believers in Jesus. But still, God waits patiently for Israel with his hands held out to receive them should they turn back to him. You can see that referenced in Romans chapter 10, verses 18 through 21. Wow. I tell you, that's powerful. And I will say this, I tell you, so the more my wife, so, well, I will say this. So the more that I read in my Bible, the more I want to make sure I emulate the best life. I'm not going to say the most perfect life because I can't, I could strive for perfection. I won't achieve it because there's only one, there's only one true one on this earth that ever walked that was truly perfect. And that was Jesus Christ. But we can strive for perfection to walk as closely as we possibly can, to please Jesus, to serve Jesus, to serve like Jesus for his people. And the more my wife and I learn, especially my wife, so my wife is starting to learn all the things that I've already learned about a year and a half ago as it regards to like Easter and Christmas and a lot of the paganistic stuff that, you know, takes place behind, you know, all the symbolism and different things like that, that weren't really based around Christ, like an Easter egg and an Easter bunny, right? For example, the more we start learning about all these things, the more we have, well, it's funny. And I, I, I keep referencing Scott on Bards cause I do listen to him. I like what he says a lot of times, but he was talking about not re, not too long ago on a show about how we need to take inventory, right? We need to take inventory and clean out what is not necessary what we don't need from a spiritual side to even the physical side. And, and that's kind of what we're doing. We are cleansing and getting rid of trying to get ready for whatever's to come. Cleansing all the unnecessary nonsense spiritually so we can be as ready for Jesus when he comes, whenever that is, as we possibly can. And so we, my wife and I had the, uh, had the, I don't want to say burden because it's not a burden because the reason we did this is because of Jesus and Jesus is not a burden, but we had the painful conversation with our six-year-old and we prayed on it and we prayed on it and we prayed on it about breaking the news to her that Santa wasn't real, that the Easter bunny and tooth fairy wasn't real. 
And of course, to add insult to injury, after we had dropped all those truth bombs on her, something that's not related to Jesus now, the next truth bomb we had to drop on her because at some point we were going to visit our my sister-in-law. See, we had a cat for two weeks or less. It didn't work out, actually about a week. It was less than a week and it didn't work out because our allergies, all of us, all three of us, were getting um, itchy eyes and rashy. And so our sister, her sister, my sister-in-law said, well, we'll take her because they already have a cat and they already have a dog. Well, anyways, that cat that we named Kiwi needed some surgery in her mouth. And she was a very fat cat. They fed her a lot. Well, anyways, apparently her heart gave out in the middle of surgery and the cat died. So imagine getting a ton of red pill truth bombs as an adult, right? Regarding institutions that we all thought we could trust. I mean, let, just think about some of the three or four biggest truth bombs that you had to swallow. And it was so hard for you to swallow that you almost were almost in denial of it. Now, take that. What you felt when you started hearing more truth and awakening to some of whatever that you didn't know about. And, and, and add four events to that, right? Now recollect on how badly that made you feel. So what we just had to do today for my daughter, with my daughter, we we pretty much ultimately gave her like the equivalent of a red pill suppository. I mean, we had, we told, we sat down, we told her, I mean, obviously delicately, we posed some questions to her and asked her what she thought and what she believed. But we basically, at the end result of it all was there's no Santa because it does, it has nothing to do with Jesus. There's no Easter Bunny. There's no Tooth Fairy. Oh, and by the way, Kiwi? Kiwi's in pet heaven right now. Dude, our daughter lost it. Actually, she was fine for the first three things. Like, she was sad. They'll leave it to me, you know. Like, here, here, here's some candy, you know. Eat, eat your sadness away. I felt so bad. She likes Tootsie Rolls, so we have a little bag of Tootsie Rolls. I know they're not that good, but you know what? I'd rather have her have those than any of the other garbage that's out there. But So she was okay with the first three pieces of news, but then when we broke that news about the cat, oh boy. Yeah, she lost it on that one. So I say all that to say this. We want to try to glorify God and Jesus, and I don't want to say try because trying is dying. We do our absolute best to glorify God and Jesus in this household. And we felt that in order to really fully go that extra mile of, of being truthful in our hearts with how we celebrate these holidays, which are supposed to be meant for Jesus Christ, the birth and the death and resurrection of Christ, right? We want to make sure she knows the truth. And at first she was pretty bitter. She asked me, she, she asked us, are you guys being sneaky with me? We're like, well, not right now. No, but when we were trying to do the elf in a shelf and make you believe Santa was real. Yeah, that was us being sneaky. Yeah. But we don't want to do that. We want to be truthful to you. And so anyway, it was, it was very hard to do, but we want to make sure that she knows the truth. We want to make sure that her soul will be solid and saved because we don't want her to believe in a lie. 
like I think somebody set up here. I don't know if it was zero in Michigan or someone, but I, I can't find it. But somebody was saying, you know, the truth, I think, I, I thought I read it, but if not, you know, the truth shall set you free. And we want her free. And and I and she knows the devil is bad. I told her, I said, listen, I said, you know how the devil is bad? She goes, yeah. And I think this is what softened the blow for the first three, you know, Santa, Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy not being real. I said, you know how the devil is bad? She goes, yeah. I said, you know how he likes to play tricks on people to try to deceive and lie to take us away from Jesus? She goes, yeah. I said, what animal typically lays eggs? She goes, chickens. I said, that's right, chickens. I said, do you think bunnies lay eggs? She's like, no. I said, that's another lie that's being told to us that, that, that they try to make people believe, especially kids. I'm like, bunnies don't lay eggs, but yet they hide eggs. Why? She goes, I don't know. And then she asked me, she goes, why? I'm like, I don't know why. I said, but I said, and I do know why, but I'm not going to get into the whole fertility goddess, you know, talk and all that. That's way, way above her pay grade, you know, her understanding, I should say. But at the end of the day, we wanted to make sure she knew the truth. Because when she gets older, we want to make sure that she has all the information equipped in her mind so she can, with her own free will, hopefully choose the path of continuing to follow Jesus. You know, and so we had to make sure that we had to tell her, look, there's a lot of kids out there that don't know this information. You got to keep it to yourself, not because we want to keep, we want to lie and keep it a secret to other people, but... I said, there's parents out there that want to tell their kids the truth in their own way. So you got to keep your lips zipped. And she understood, you know, but we've been lied to like Pam, you know, like Pam and Jean was saying here on the chat board, you know, we've all been lied to our whole lives about the holidays. You know, we, we all were ignorant, unfortunately, and misguided about the satanic rituals that are surrounded. We've been lied to about the history of it. The actual dates and times of when they're supposed to be. We've been lied about what our actual calendar is actually supposed to be. Supposedly, it's supposed to be 28 days and 13 months. But yet, we have this 30 days, 31 days, 30 days, 31 days. Oh, wait, 28 days in February. 31, 30, 31, 30. Oh, wait, leap year, 20. Nine days. Doesn't anybody ask why? We went to the museum late yesterday, and I don't really put much stock in the information they feed us at the museum, but it's still cool to go and look around and walk and just gets us out of the house, you know. And um, I was looking, there was a, a little section there about the moon and taught you, you know, the moon phases and stuff like that. And it was saying that all the moon phases, it takes 27 and a half days to complete all the phases of the moon. I looked at my wife. I said, that's interesting, considering that our calendar months or our days should have been 28. I said, this almost kind of coincides with the phases of the moon, don't you think? But yet we base our calendar on the sun, not the moon. She goes, yeah, that is odd. I said, yeah, right. So anyway, we can go down this whole rabbit hole and talk about this all day long, but we're already 43, almost 44 minutes in. We got a his hard line discussion to do. So let's, I think now would be a good time to probably 
end in prayer before we keep going <laughs> before we keep going down this long rabbit hole. <clears throat> All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and we thank you for continuously guiding us. Keep pointing us to the truth. Keep helping us um, gain clarity on what truth is because we've been lied to for so long. <sighs> and it's frustrating. And I hope you hear us. I hope you hear our prayers. You also hear the, you know, the unformed prayers in our heart. And I know you see our intentions. It is frustrating, and but we do pray and we ask for your guidance and we ask for clarity and answers and truth so we can spread the truth to others who aren't as discerning and who haven't learned to hear how to hear your voice yet and how to hear the Holy Spirit. We pray for the enemy. I know we don't do that enough here on this show, and I'm going to make a change and make sure that happens. We pray for our enemies. We pray that their plans and their schemes get foiled, but on the same hand, we also pray that their heart has a change of heart and that they can see the truth for what it really is and why it's so important to follow your good glory. And just as an FYI to anybody who likes to listen to The Kilted Christian, Raccoon 6, also Ron, um, I don't want to say your last name just in case you don't want it out there, but you could put it on the chat board if you want me to say it. But Ron, who is a good listener here, he will be on The Kilted Christian show tonight, by the way. So if you want to go join Duncan, go join The Kilted Christian show. I love Duncan's story. I'll never forget his first show that I listened to about his past and his um, addiction and the path that it led him on. He, he He's a good storyteller. I like Duncan a lot. Um, I really like his stories, and, and I like the perspective that he brings, especially someone who was in film production. I've learned so much from Duncan, and so if you want to go listen to Ron also known as Raccoon Six here on the chat board. He will be on the Kilted Christian. Yeah, uh, Ron, what time is Duncan's show? I know it's typically later at night. Um, it might be late for us because he's, I think, in Texas. So maybe not too late. So while he puts that on the chat board, um, I think, let's see, so we got our prayer out of the way. Yeah, so, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, here at His Heart Line, we are firm. We are steadfast, and what else do we always say here? We are uncompromising. And yes, so Zero Michigan said 10.30 p.m., 9.30 Central Time. So again, the Kilted Christian will be on at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 9.30 Central Time. And then if you're in time zones beyond central, like behind central, well, obviously you can do the math. It's very easy. <laughs> so go over there, join, join Ron. Um, unfortunately, because I have to work tomorrow, my butt will be sleeping at 1030. So, but maybe I'll, 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 uh, I'll join the, uh, I'll look at the, uh, the replay, the repeat. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I will be back here in a little bit for a His Heartline discussion. If I don't see you on the other side, we'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode of 1% with him. We'll be reading Romans chapter 11. So until then or the next time, I hope you all have a blessed day 
And um, yeah, have a good night or day wherever you're at in the world. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible. Spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.